Are you ready to free yourself from living a life of regret? If so, you are going to love today's episode. Here we go. Are you ready to get the clarity, confidence, and strategies you need to design your best life? I'm Richard Hazlett. And I'm Natasha Hazlett. If you're ready to experience abundance in all areas of your life, then you're in the right place. Each week on this podcast, we're going to share with you the tools we've used to help thousands of people find their purpose and live their life by design. So if you're ready to start the journey, head over to designyourbestlife.com and download your Clarity Roadmap when this episode is over. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Design Your Best Life podcast. This is episode 10. I'm your co-host, Richard Hazlett, here with my beautiful wife, Natasha Hazlett. And this is always your favorite part of the podcast when I throw it over to you and say, Natasha, what are we going to talk about today? And this is the episode, if you listen to episode number nine, where I say, take it away, Rich. (laughs) So we were just having a conversation before we got started here, talking about different people that have influenced our lives over the years. And one of the one of the people that you've mentioned many times was Les Brown, who we, we had the opportunity to hear speak live. I think we were in maybe California, Santa Clara, California, at an event with Brendan Burchard, maybe. And that was awesome. And he said something, I'm not sure, was it at that event that, that really stuck with you? Right. He said, I'm going to paraphrase it, but Imagine, if you will, being on your deathbed and surrounding you are the ghosts of the ideas and the dreams and the talents given to you by life. And that you, for whatever reason, you never use those gifts. You never acted on that intuition. You never wrote that book. And there they are staring at you with large, angry eyes saying, we came to you and only you could have given us life. And now we must die with you forever. And the question that he posed to the audience was, if you died tomorrow, what dreams, what ideas, what gifts, what talents would die with you? And that just really just shook me to the core. I mean, I just, I really started thinking for the first time, how would I feel if today was my last day? Right. That's, first of all, great job recalling all of that. She's not taking notes here, so that's pretty impressive. <laughs> not reading from notes. I you've heard the phrase don't don't die with your music still inside you. I think that's that's kind of the shorter version of that much more eloquent speech that he was giving. There's the book that you referenced on another podcast that was written by the hospice nurse, is that what it was? Yeah, this is this ties in beautifully. Bronnie Ware, and I heard about her. She's, I believe, in Australia, and she wrote a book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. And I learned about this through Dr. Wayne Dyer's work. And this study really profoundly impacted him as well. What Bronnie did was, as she was working with individuals who were at the end of their life, she asked them what is their biggest regret. And what was very interesting to her was that all of the regrets really fell into five topics. And the number one regret of the dying was that they wished that they had not lived their life based on the expectations of others. They wish that they had basically lived their own life instead of trying to 
do, be, and have all the things that other people expected of them. Basically, they wish they would have just run their own race instead of trying to please everyone else. Right. That's, that's powerful insight for sure. And one of the things I think I remember hearing about that too was that it wasn't the things that people did usually that they regretted. It was the things that they did not do that caused people massive regrets. So they, it was rarely were people thinking, oh, I shouldn't have done this and that when they were vocalizing those things, it was more, I wish I would have taken that risk. I would have, I wish I would have written that book or taken that chance or taken some sort of action that maybe they were too scared to take. Right. And I think that that's one of the main reasons why I'm so passionate about teaching people how to step out of their comfort zone. Because I think that being trained to step outside of your comfort zone, and it, it's a skill, right? Like it's a skill, like you're going to feel that fear, you're going to feel that resistance. And it's not like you're going to ever just become fearless. I don't really believe in anyone that's walking around that's truly fearless. I think that people have the skill of mastering their fear. Right. I remember hearing like even uh, I think maybe Johnny Carson was talking about like the nerves that he would have right before he walked on stage, even though he was this master of entertaining people, but that you're still going to feel that excitement, which can seem like a little bit of fear, but it's, it's really, it's expected when you're about to put yourself out there. Right. And I think there's, there's two elements to this from my perspective. Number one is what we just talked about with stepping outside of your comfort zone and training yourself to step out of your comfort zone. And that's something that I teach a lot inside of our challenges, inside the Unstoppable Influence Academy. All the things are typically designed, the tools are designed to get people stepping outside of their comfort zone. But the second part of this is this approval addiction. And I oftentimes I'll joke like, hey, I'm Natasha Hazlett and I am a recovering approval addict. And this really runs deep. I mean, this is why when I met you and you started telling me about personal development, I'm like, what does anyone need any of that for? Like, why does anyone need motivation? Because I didn't need, my motivation was actually an approval addiction. It was fueled by something that was very toxic. I was never really looking inward at what I wanted. I was always in reactionary mode to like what I thought everyone else thought I should do. And no wonder every time I would accomplish it, it never felt fulfilling necessarily. I mean, it was fine. Like I enjoyed getting the good job at a girl or whatever, but it wasn't true profound fulfillment because I was running someone else's race. I was doing what someone else thought I should be doing. And so that's why I love focusing on teaching people how to release the approval addiction. In fact, one of the most commonly heard phrases inside of any of our challenges is stay in your own damn lane. Quit worrying about what everyone else is doing. It doesn't matter. Everyone else is running their own race. Everyone else is you know, going through their own experiences on their own personal journey. And just because someone else is doing one thing doesn't mean that you need to do it. So it's really just focusing on the desires that are placed on your heart, equipping yourself to step outside of your comfort zone to do the things that you're divinely led to do. And when you do that, when you release the addiction to other people's approval, 
you're going to experience true freedom. I mean, I think that's what most people say they want from a life by design is they want freedom. And one of the greatest ways to get freedom is not time freedom. It's not financial freedom, but it is the freedom from requiring everyone else's approval and for like everyone else to be a a cook in your kitchen of life. Like it doesn't, you can do you. So that's my, I'm sorry, I just totally went off on a tangent. No, you know, that's great. And I think I was just thinking while you were talking about my approach to life starting when I, kind of when I first started being introduced into personal development and I realized things don't have to be done just the way everyone in society says you need to do things. And I really, I remember having a conversation with my dad who was, you know, very traditional education. He had a PhD. He was a, an optometrist, like years and years of school. And I was thinking, I was reading and studying all these people and talking to him about like, you don't have to, for instance, go to college for 20 years, you know, in order to like have a successful career, for example. And he was like, well, it doesn't hurt, you know, <laughs> but, but like, but back then I was, I was searching for what do I want to do, whether it's, in, in, and I, and I wanted to get away from just being hung up on just doing things the way everyone else said you had to do them. So like, of course, you know, that was met with a lot of maybe <laughs> disappointment in some ways of like, you know, don't, don't mess things up or whatever from the feedback I was getting, you know, luckily I kind of rode the line of, of doing the things that I was supposed to do in the eyes of, you know, society at the same time, exploring these concepts. But I definitely believe that people get hung up on like, I should do this and I should do that. And, Quit shitting on yourself. Yeah. And so it's definitely freeing, you know, we've taken a total, totally, I guess, unconventional approach to building our careers after, you know, kind of doing the traditional thing at first and then discovering a new way of operating and and building a life that is truly fulfilling where we can make a huge impact and also kind of do things on our own, uh, our own schedule. And even though we're, you know, in this business in some ways it's, it's interesting. Cause like, just like you mentioned earlier, when we were talking, I might be asleep and you might come out of the shower and blurt out, Hey, I got a great idea. And I'm like, Whoa, I was sleeping here. What, <laughs> you know, what's going on. But it's had I not been inspired to look for those other ways of doing things, I don't think we would be doing what we're doing right now. You know, so you're I, the reason why we are here. It's true. No, it's true. Actually, you just said that. And I was just thinking that as I was listening to you, I'm like, oh, so he's the reason <laughs> why. Because honestly, I came as an approval addict. I was so focused on, I have to do this. I have to do that. It doesn't matter what I really want to do. This is what I should do. And so I should go to law school. I should be a lawyer. I, you know, and I'm grateful that I that I did all of that, and we'll get to that in just a second about looking back on your past and how you move forward. But truly, it took me being with someone, surrounding myself, not only with Rich, but with other like-minded individuals that were living life in a, in, or willing to explore doing life in an unconventional way. Because I mean, honestly, like I remember calling my dad 
<laughs> when I had decided, when I, we had decided, all right, it's time for Natasha to retire from full-time law practice. Um, well, but to, you are in your early thirties. I know, right? So. I'm like 33 years old. <laughs> and my dad, who has always been my number one fan and he's just, he's awesome. He's also very traditional, right? And so, you know, he graduated from the University of Mississippi Law School, went and practiced at one law firm. He's been at that law firm for decades. He was a managing partner of that law firm for a while. Like he is just very traditional. And so the notion that his 33-year-old daughter, having been practicing law for a decade, is now dumping this you know, prestigious career to go off and be an entrepreneur. Like, you know, he was always going to be supportive of me, but he would be remiss if he didn't say, are you sure you want to be doing this? Do you know how risky entrepreneurship is? Because he represents a ton of business owners. He knows the ups and downs versus the perceived quote unquote safety of professional gig like what I had. And that brings up the point that the people that are surrounding you that may may say, I don't know if you should do this. Like a lot of times they're doing it out of protection and love for you. And you can receive that and still continue to be willing to blaze your own trail and do things differently. I mean, because it's so funny when COVID hit, all these people are like, oh my gosh, you got to work remotely. Oh my gosh, I got to get on this platform called Zoom. And we're like, Wait, wait, this is like eight years that we've been doing these virtual meetings. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, and all of a sudden the the outlier became the norm for a bunch of people. And so it's really it's it's really interesting how that how that has um, come into being. And and obviously now I am living my best life, my dream life. Like, I can't believe that I get to do all the things that I do right now. And it's like my job. And it required me to shed the approval addiction and start running my own race. And so that begs the question, all right, well, what do I do now? Like moving forward, if I am an approval addict or if I'm, you know, I've been, I think that maybe if, if I died today, like I, maybe I would have a lot of regrets. How do we turn the page and move forward so that we can live our best life and, and play full out and feel, feel confident that we, we did the best that we could in this one shot at life. I teed it up for you. You like that? <laughs> so you're like, go. <laughs> you know, I was just thinking about my own journey. Uh, like, you know, I did do the thing. I mean, I went to, I went to college. Uh, I graduated. I, worked at a company in the corporate world and did those things. Uh, at the same time though, I was, I was studying Matt in, in huge quantities, taking in like all this different information, trying to figure out like what, what I could do. And there was a, there's a quote that I found that was by Abraham Lincoln. And if you've read the story of Abraham Lincoln, where he's got like all these failures that occurred in his life. And then it's like, and then he became like the 16th president of the United States or whatever. It was like after this long list of failures, but he had a quote and he was, he said, I will study and prepare myself and someday my chance will come. So I think a big part of like, if people are feeling like they're not where they want to be right now, not just hitting the eject button and, 
in blowing the whole thing up that they've that's that they've it. created, you know. That's it. I'm out. Yeah. I'm going to go on an eat, pray, love. I'm selling all my possessions. I'm going to go ride elephants in India. No, I mean, no, a, as a massive, you know, a tan take action now uh, strategy, <laughs> somebody might just do that. But, but I mean, like it, when I when I think about that quote, if you're in a place where you're not loving where you are, you can start taking some actions to expand the the people that you're around, the influences that you have in your life, change the way you do things, drive to work in a different way, like whatever. Like there's thing there's small steps you can take initially to do that and start reading and exposing yourself to different ideas and concepts. So that idea of I will study and prepare myself and and one day my chance will come becomes something that you can live into so that like maybe the opportunity or the the new experience that you're really desiring will show up six months from now but because you've laid the groundwork and you've done the kind of foundational work to prepare yourself to be ready to receive that like like napoleon hill talks about in think and grow rich you can be in a better position just to live your best life you know so it doesn't it doesn't start it's it goes along with the kind of the idea of like you can't change where you're actually you can change the direction basically you can change the direction of the set of the sail that Jim Rohn talks about it's not which way the wind's blowing it's which way it's the set of the sail that determines where you're going to end up and i think starting from that point where you make some decisions get intentional about what you want. And then like this whole thing we were talking about before the podcast, when we were, we were talking about regret, what, that was one of the things I wanted to talk about was like the, like what is kind of like my idea of the way I look at life and regret. And like a lot of people sit there and beat themselves up about, I shouldn't have made this decision and I shouldn't have done that, or I should have done this and should have done that. Like I have always tried to absolutely avoid any type of regret because it just does not serve you. This is like things, this is good. Things have happened in your life and I chose to establish a belief that things happen for a reason and that I'm going to look for the, whatever is the lesson or the blessing that is in whatever circumstance that has come up in my life and then move forward from that. And that has been a great way to avoid getting into traps and some of the like just like tangible things you can do. I think we've talked about this before is like, for instance, I don't ever ask the question, why did this happen to me? Like, like I don't allow myself to go down that road. Like why did something happen when I was a child or why, you know, don't go down that road where you allow yourself to sit there and get into that cycle of because it's a negativity. negative trap. That's the whole point. Like, you know, I mean, some people may be wondering, well, why do, why can't I ask myself that question? Because the answer is disempowering. There's right. nothing that you can, there's nothing that you can do about that. Yeah. You can change your current state. You can plan to how you're going to operate in the future, but you cannot change what happened in the past, the past and the, as Tony Robbins says, the past does not equal the future. Yeah. I love that. I love that. That's so powerful. And, you know, I mean, a lot of people might look at me and say, gosh, don't you wish that you would have found all of this so much earlier? Wouldn't it have been better if you had 
written Unstoppable Influence or whatever, like earlier, instead of starting to practice law. And I'm like, hell no. I'm so glad that I had that story. My story is my story. And my story is what has impacted tens of thousands of lives and will continue to do so. So I'm not looking back at regret for being an approval addict, gaining a ton of weight, dealing with self-sabotage, dealing with the adversity that I dealt with growing up. I don't look back in the rearview mirror because it doesn't, it doesn't serve me and it dishonors my unique story, which has been used as a gift to serve others. Right. And as you were talking about becoming a lawyer and all that earlier, I was just thinking like, it's, I'm so glad that you had that experience and that you bring that to the table because it's a unique perspective. So like, that's amazing. You just like me to be the company lawyer. That's the, (laughs) let's be honest. (laughs) So I love this. I think this is, um, these are some great, tools and some subtle shifts that you can make, as you said, or as Jim Rohn said, to change the set of the sale. It's not that you have to completely scrap the way that you're operating or anything like that. It can be subtle shifts that can make such a profound difference so that at the end of the day, you can look back on your life without regret, knowing that you played full out and that you ran your own race. Right. And, you know, I think full out appeals to like, there's a difference between full out, like running yourself ragged and versus tapping into what the potential you have, you know, in the greatest way possible that, that fulfills you, you know, it doesn't mean you have to do a million different things, but being able to do what, you were put on this earth to do and and serve in a big way. Love it. Love it. Good stuff. All right. Well, this has been so much fun. Really looking forward to the Design Your Best Life live event this week. It's not too late to get your tickets, designyourbestlife.com forward slash live. If you are loving the tools and the strategies that Rich and I are sharing in the podcast, then I cannot encourage you enough to grab your seat at the Design Your Best Life live event because we've got so many more tools and strategies where that came from. So we'll see you next time. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of Design Your Best Life. If you're not subscribed already, be sure to do that right now. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you could do us a quick favor and rate and review our podcast. This lets the platform know that we're doing something right and people love our content. It would be a huge help and we would be so grateful. Be sure to head over to designyourbestlife.com and pick up the Clarity Roadmap. The Clarity Roadmap will help you get the clarity and confidence you need to take the next step to designing your best life. We look forward to you joining us next time on Design Your Best Life. 